Good evening, Beach Patriots. And like it was before, it still is January 4th on the West Coast. On the East Coast, you've now hit January 5th, which is good. You know, I just went over to check on the after the call or answer the call video that I put up on its own on YouTube. <laughs> I hate YouTube so much. They totally took away the banner and my logo, and then they won't allow me to upload anything. So now you go over to this blank site. They are just, they're just evil. There's just no other way to say it, but they are just pure, pure flipping evil. It gets so old. So YouTube, I have something special for you. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. Pew, pew. BARDS offer code for itargetpro. You want one, I'm telling you right now. You can sit around and have your cat run around the floor and go pew pew, but take some real target practice safely and save lots of money on ammo. That's what you need. You know, reflecting here in the last little bit and through the previous show, just on the magnitude of this insanity we're dealing with, and it can get very daunting. I don't think anybody's going to deny that, especially as these turds are doing their thing. Here's the latest thing. I just love this. The FDA has now approved a vaccine. You ready for this? Here it comes. There's a new vaccine, folks. It's not for you. It's not for your dogs. It's not even for cows. They have, co they have come up with a vaccine for the honeybee. That's right. They're not going to vaccinate honeybees to try to keep them from getting sick and dying. Because they say it's important. I'll tell you what they're actually doing. Whatever they're doing, they're putting like little genetic tags in the honeybees and they're converting them to a transhuman honeybee. There's going to be a bunch of them that die. The problem is not that we need a vax. We need to stop using pesticides. That'd be a great start. And stop using all these genetically modified plants that when the honeybee touches it, it kills them. I mean, that would be a good one. Oh, and then how about this one? Here's another wild thought. How about if we just shut down 5G? Not that 5G is doing any harm to anybody like cancers or brain problems or destroying honeybees. But, man, I'll tell you, you know, I'm getting started in bees this year. You know that Pastor Brad Cummings does bees. The resistance chicks do bees. I'm going to be doing bees this year. Bees and cattle. That's my main focus for 2023. And I think that's the one thing I would encourage everybody to do is pick up a couple of things. I mean, I've obviously that doesn't stop my my gardening. It doesn't stop my improving of my skills and growing whatever I grow or building better beds. But add some skills each year. And if you can get more than two in, get as many in as you can. Because a lot of this that we're coming to is a real inflection point with humanity. And a lot of what you're going to see is the meltdown of cities. And unfortunately, it's going to get pretty ugly. The, there's a piece that was just posted in, on Brighty on TV. This came from Mike Adams. But I think I'm going to, it sums up pretty well in, this, in these couple of paragraphs. In 2023 and for years to come, we are about to see some of the disturbing signs of food scarcity and panic among populations as well as food retailers. Expect to see armed guards, access restrictions, food riots, rationing limits, social unrest, food thefts, and more. Pew, pew. That's how we deal with food thefts, at least out here in the country. Not in every area, thankfully, but largely focused in high population density cities 
that tend to be lawless and desperate. Let's see if we can name some of those. Chicago, there's one. Portland, Oregon. Seattle and their glorious human experiment that failed called Chaz. Portland's glorious human experiment that failed was called Antifa. Then we have, oh, like San Francisco. That's getting its streets heavily cleaned right now with this storm. This like, they're calling it an atmospheric river. And it's flowing into California. And San Francisco is supposed to get like 10 inches or something. They just got a bunch of cleaning done the other day. God sent a big storm and just washed the streets clean. And now God's sending another storm to like make sure the streets stay clean. <laughs> and California's going to get all sorts of snow. You know, I'm sorry. I guess, I, you know, I, I don't say I'm sorry. I it just like, I'm sure there's people out here. It's like, you're not very serious about this. Like, no, I'm not. I'm actually, this is God's actions. And even if it's Satan's actions, it's working in our favor because he is cleaning all the human poo off the streets and all this craziness. And it's going to lead to some crazy times. There's no question about it. And if those people stay in the cities, it's going to get rough. We've said this all along. The worst possible place you can be is in the cities. And you can't stay there. We have to raise up the people and the rural areas but more importantly, I think we need to raise up an army. Not a regular army. This has to be a God-style army. So I want to talk to you about that a little bit. And I want to begin with Gideon. I love Gideon's story. Gideon's 300 chosen men. This is Judges 7. Let's start. So then Jeroboam that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and camped besides the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was on the north side of them by the hill of Moray in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel will become boastful, saying, my own power has delivered me. Now, therefore, come proclaim in their hearings of the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 remained. See, that's really, I think we have a lot of that going on. This is one of the reasons I love Bard's Nation, because, like, when you go to other groups, you discover, and I hope you do, you discover how cohesive Bar's Nation has become, how focused it has become, and how centered in Jesus it is. We can take on any topic. We can talk any topic. And if anybody questions that, just go check out the Bar's Family Room because there's everything, and I've said this before, there's everything from Scripture to alien invasion. And yet it's all dealt with in a beautiful way looking at the responsibilities we all have and the commitment we all have first and foremost to our Father. Now, I also forgot something because the one thing Bars Nation is exceptional at is Taco Tuesdays. So we need to probably emphasize that a little more. So we'll continue. The Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Therefore, I shall be that. Therefore, it shall be that he whom I say to you, the one shall go with you, he shall go with you. But everyone whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, You shall separate everyone who laps the water with their tongue as a dog laps as well as everyone who kneels to drink. Now the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300. But as the rest of the people kneeled to drink, the Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and will give the Midianites into your hands. So let all of the other people go, each man to his home. So the 300 men took the people's provisions and their trumpets into their hands, and Gideon sent the other men to Israel. 
each to his tent. He retained the 300 men, and the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. I think that's a lot of discussion about why those that lap the water with their hand. And this is how I see it. And perhaps there's other reasons. But those are people that are keeping their head up. Those are people that are paying attention to their surroundings. They're focused on the world and attentive to what needs to happen. And this is, I think, in a critical piece that we're in right now is we need to be keeping focused into this world. This is, again, one foot in the trenches, one foot in kingdom. And when we're dealing with a war, we have to keep our eyes forward in the trenches. It's not easy, especially when you have all this other news, distractions, things going on like this, like the endless clown show that's going on today and is going to continue going on all week in Washington, D.C. to pick a speaker. You know, I just listened to something a little bit ago, which I'm going to play in a minute, which is unbelievable. But we are, there are so many deceitful things going on in this nation and how we are slowly being taken over from within, continue to be. And people aren't even paying attention. I'm going to list off some states here, and then I'm going to play this piece, and we'll come back to Gideon. But he now Gideon's down to 300. And you can imagine that moment, too, when Gideon's like, dude, I had 32,000 people. Can you imagine that being Gideon? Hey, God, I had 32,000 people, and you just cut me down to 300. I had an army before. I have, like, a company now. What the heck? And God's like, no, I got this. See, that's that piece right there. It's not about the numbers. It's about the right focus of how everything is. So this is a little sidetrack on this, but I want to play this for you, and I want to name some states right off the bat. California, Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Colorado. We have Kansas. We have Michigan, Illinois, and there's more. And I'm going to bet you don't even know what those all have in common. And what you're going to learn is they have in common the need to obey, give, give a oath, essentially, to Israel. I bet you didn't know that. Take a listen to this piece. I want to show you something, and, and, and because I, I, I know what you're thinking. I, I know what you're probably thinking right now. You're thinking, oh, sure, Rick Sanchez, of course. What you're probably talking about is one of those obscure state laws, like the one they have in Alaska that says, if you accidentally kill a moose, you have to eat it. That's actually a law in Alaska, by the way. There's one in Georgia that says it's illegal to sleep on a boat for more than 30 days. True. No, we're not talking about an obscure law. What we're talking about is uh, an Israeli loyalty oath law that is becoming so common in the United States, it's now pervasive. Take a look at the map. You see the red states? See all of those red states? 26 states have enacted this uh, loyalty oath legislation. And let me show you the other one, the, the, the navy blue ones, the blue ones you see there. That's where the, this law is now pending. So 26 acted on, passed, 13 pending, only 11 states, the light blue ones you see there. The baby blue or the light blue, those are the ones where you can boycott Israel and, you know, criticize Israel if you want. Again, look, it bears repeating. There is no such law keeping you from denouncing or boycotting the United States of America. Or even advocating causes that harm the U.S. economically. But there are laws from doing that against Israel. So you see, I'm going to go back to this common God, mate, to Gideon, and then I'm going to come back to this, because I've said to you all along, and I am so tired of this Christendom of the United States bending over and bowing to Israel. I'm sick of it. And by the way, the law hasn't passed in Oregon yet, so it's still legal for me to call out Israel. But if I was in Texas, I would have just violated the law. I would have just violated the oath to Israel law that's in place in Texas by saying that I have no desire to worship Israel, that Israel is bad for us, 
that they're really a fascist state hidden under a Jewish flag. That's what I would be doing right now. And this concept, the Christendom in our United States, the Christian corporate network that is, speaks from the pulpit, that gives this worship to Israel, God did not make an elite group of Christians that all the others have to grovel to and lick their feet. Jesus brought us all there to a place of being able to accept him and be entering the kingdom. It's not like there's a hierarchy because you know a little more Hebrew than somebody else or that you read the Torah in its original language. So I really push back hard on this, and people will say to me, yes, but God told us to pray for Israel. He didn't tell you to pray for a fascist state that's making you now give homage to them as an oath. That's not what he asked you to do. And while there are sacred sites in Israel, you need to learn to distinguish, and we all need to learn to be very clear on the government of Israel, which is not of God. It's not of Jesus. I'll tell you that right now. So when God says to Gideon that he doesn't want that many people because these men of Israel will go back and boast of things and make it of themselves, that should be a kind of an indication about what we're dealing with here. And that was supposed to be the chosen. And this is with Gideon. We're in a real, we're in a real issue in this nation, and the issue is falling on us more and more. And it's going to be resurrected as a nation by those that are willing to be bold and aligned with God in every possible way. What Gideon ends up with from the 32,000 is 300 that are pure in heart, focused in the moment, paying attention to their world and listening to God. Obedient. Not getting sidetracked about these other ritualistic things people do. Staying focused in the moment of where we need to be. Our founding fathers considered this nation the new Jerusalem. Israel as we know it today didn't even exist. Because Israel as we know it today was purchased by the Rothschilds. And so that's something that everyone needs to keep in mind. It gets very old watching us give away everything that God gave us and doing so with our free will. Giving away our liberties, giving away our freedoms, whether it's COVID, whether it's now bending over and kissing the butt of Israel law. I don't buy this. And by the way, just so I say it, Trump supported this thing. Again, we suck ourselves down into the pit of idol worship. We get what we get. There is a value in what God gave us in this country. Someone, and I am not going to pray and be obedient to Israel. Just saying it so we're clear. And that's where I'm at. So this is, this is a place where we have to decide what you want, all of us. But each one of us has to make a decision. Do you want an America that's based on what the documents were in this nation, which is to put God on the throne? Or do you want an America that's subservient to everyone else in the world, first and foremost, because now the laws are passed, to be subservient to Israel? Are you going to take an oath to Israel, or are you going to take an oath to God? And that's ultimately where we're at. And my issue is simple. I don't take oaths to anything other than through Jesus to the Father. So we'll continue with the story. When Gideon heard the account of the dream, hold on just a second. Sorry, got a little ahead of myself. 
Now the same night, remember he had just chosen the 300. Now the same night it came about that the Lord said to him, arise, go down against this camp for I have given it unto your hands. But if you are afraid to go down, go to Pura, your servant, go with Pura with your servant down to the camp and you will hear what they say. And afterward, your hands will be strengthened that you may go down against the camp. So he went with Pura, his servant, down to the, to the outpost of the army that was as numerous as locusts. And their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon came, be, when Gideon came behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend, and he said, Behold, I had a dream. A, a loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian, and it came to the tent and struck it so that if so that it fell and turned its up turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. His friend replied, This is nothing less than a sword of Gideon, the son of jo- Joash, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into this, his hand. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and the interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise! The Lord has given the camp of Midian into, our, into your hands. He divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put trumpets and empty pitchers into their hands of all of them with torches inside the pitchers. He said to them, Look at me and do likewise, and behold, when I come to the skirts of the camp, as do as I do. When I and all who are with with me blow the trumpet, then you also blow the trumpet all around the camp and say, for the Lord and for Gideon. So many distractions in our world. And when we read these passages, we also realize how focused they were. They were focused on God against an unbelievably overnum massive enemy. This enemy was like locusts, he says. That means their camps were everywhere. 300 men blowing horns, three companies, 100 each, carrying pots of light, blowing horns, in other words, shofars. We don't hear about swords. We don't hear about anything. But what we hear in there in this is God has given them a direction to do, and they've been obedient to it. Right now, I think that the voice of God is, is hard for people to hear in a lot of ways. And no one that's uh, listening, am I making that accusation? I'm just talking in broad generalities of this nation and this world, that God's voice is hard for many to hear. It's hard because there's so much confliction. They don't know whether they're a warrior or whether they're supposed to be a pew puppet. They don't know whether they're supposed to speak out against truth or just give everybody a hug and and because apparently that's what Jesus would want you to do because he wouldn't want you to do anything other than hug everybody and let it all go, which we know is not true. But this is the sort of milquetoast pastoring that's being done all over. And unfortunately in this nation, it is breaking the back of what should be the mightiest group of people in the nation. And in this sort of milquetoast sermons that are being given in too many churches, people are seeking to see something happen. But guess what? It's nothing's happening. When you go to a church where things are happening, it is a completely different vibe. One of the reasons I enjoy so much going down to Yuba City and Glad Tidings Church is there are things that are happening. People are alive in Jesus. And they're struggling, they're making mistakes, they're falling like everybody else. They, they repent, they start over, they go hard. But they're running after Jesus. And what's the testimony to that that proves that? 30 to 40% of that church is made up of hardened criminals, people that did hard time. That thanks to their pastor, Pastor Dave Bryant, and his entire pastoral team, they have brought these people back into this world in love with Jesus, delivered them and brought them into a world where they 
find the forgiveness in Christ and they're running after it, they're passionate for it, and they're warriors. I'm not saying that's the only church, obviously. It's the one I've been doing the work with the most recently. And it's powerful. And when you feel it and taste it, it's like you walk into something that gives you a reflection to what Gideon was what Gideon had with his 300. It's a, it's a light with fire and passion. And these are men that should be absolutely lost. These are men that the society has cast out. They don't want them because they're tarnished. Because they've done wrong, because they have a blemish on their record or whatever they've done. The power of living forgiveness in that church, the power of living deliverance in that church, the understanding that there are that the Holy Spirit is greater than anything else, and people that have been basically cast into the farthest edges of life, into the pits of hell that we can create on this earth, which would be the prison system, have come back, have been restored, have a, have a group of people you stand next to folks that side by side with their families and they've built families and it has become something powerful. We've seen that in our own way in Bars Nation, the same type of rising up and coming together and people standing with one another, praying with one another, overcoming these impossible odds, dealing with being cast out and still holding the line, having to be that ever-present warrior in the midst of a fight that's waging around you, surviving when you're surrounded. You don't even get, many people out here don't even get the, the pleasure of having a fellowship. The fellowship is digital, but other than that, in the day, daily grind, you have to find that strength in Christ. That's a formidable warrior. But we have to, as a collective whole, decide what we want as a future. Do we want a country that's led by churches or do you want a, pe- a country that's led by those that are racing after the love in Jesus? And when we accept that there's a love in Jesus that is going to be the foundation of what we do, then we have to start asking why we are worshiping those that don't pursue Jesus. Trump doesn't pursue Jesus. I don't think anybody on Capitol Hill really pursues Jesus. And we know there's a whole bunch of them that might give lip service to it, but they would rather kiss the butt of Satan than they would ever come near Christ. We have to start being that discerning. And that means we have to start casting out those that are just not going to walk within that love and passion of God's son. And so that means everybody needs to reflect carefully And I go back to this whole thing with Israel. Reflect carefully on what that represents. You want to pray for your enemy? Pray. We all need to pray for our enemies. I agree. But there is a point here where there is such a thing as evil. And it's pure evil. And we don't negotiate with pure evil. And we're seeing again and again this this constant Influx. It takes advantage of people's desire. I don't really understand it, but I'm going to explain it. Because I don't understand where it comes from. When you have, when you're walking with Christ, you have one of the greatest thing you could ever have in your life. There's no greater power. There's no greater strength. There's no greater fearlessness. There's no greater gift. To be truly transformed within Jesus. To have that relationship with him that's right there for the taking. He's right there before you. There's nothing greater. You can climb Mount Everest 10 times. It's never going to exceed that relationship, that beauty, that incredible peace that's been given to us because Christ was crucified for us and in his resurrection gave us life. You're never going to exceed that. And that intimacy, the power of being in his presence, that ability to communicate, the passion that he gives each and every one of us and through him to Father, you'll never get bigger than that. And yet, people are constantly feeling like they're inferior. I run into it all the time. And I'll I'll give you an example. Like, oh, I I need to know my ancestral origins because I really need to know where I come from. And then suddenly this becomes this massive identity. 
forgetting that the people that came here gave up those identities so they could become transformed into a new world and be called American with great pride. But that's been lost. Or they, there's this inferior peace. And I, this happens, like you take a small country church and they're like, they're feeling like they have no impact on the world. And yet you go there and these people are just rich with Jesus. First-hand knowledge, first-hand experience. Thomaston Church, Thomaston Valley Grove Church, where I was for two years. And I can tell you firsthand that that church many times feels like they have just, they're just kind of like, just this little thing on the spot of the earth. There isn't a person in that church that hasn't suffered the loss of somebody from meth. And yet they've overcome. They come together. They stand together. They support one another. And they run after Jesus. That's the only real metric in this whole thing. And I'm passionate about it so much right now because I'm watching our nation being given away. Whether it's by the promises of transhumanism, whether it's by the promises or the the distractions of the garbage that's going on in this clown show in D.C., or whether it's these laws to like give an oath to Israel, which I won't. Whether it's the acceptance of this clown show of the transgenders, which increasingly I'm beginning to just see this as just a roving road show that's sucking up media and trying to keep us divided. Our nation is going to suffer some very painful things, and we are likely to see a nation divide. I don't think that we're going to avoid that, sadly. At least the attempts are there. We have, what do we have, Oklahoma now that sought sovereignty as a state? We're seeing states themselves divide. And we're being divided because we're, being, we're allowing the voices of politics and the voices of, of corrupted pulpits and corporations and advertising and all this other stuff that makes zero impact on our daily life other than the fact that we listen to it and believe it, we get divided. And nowhere in there do I see Jesus. You know, I could sit here, I could have listened to the last two days of the debate. The only person that brought up scripture was Jim Jordan, by the way. And everyone else is just yakking about who's worthy and what's this, not going to vote for McCarthy or whatever, whatever clown show they want to give. But we don't have statesmen that lead this nation with scripture. We don't have corporate heads that lead lead this nation with scripture. We've got a couple, Mike Lindell, Hobby Lobby. But they're far and few between. And this is something that now falls on us. Because we have to start discerning. Like God took the 32,000, knocked it down to 10,000, and then he knocked that down to 300. We're going to have to make those same hard decisions because the 300 that was paired out ended up defeating the army. Let's finish this piece. So Gideon and the 100 men who were with him, came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. And they had just posted the watch, and they blew the trumpet and smashed the pitchers that were in their hands. When the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, they held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing and cried, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran, crying out as they, as they fled. When they blew 300 trumpets, the Lord set the sword in one against another and throughout the whole army, and the army fled as far as Beth Shittah toward Zerah, as far as the edge of Abel Mehola by Tabath. The men of Israel were summoned from Naphtali and Asher and all Manasseh, and they pursued Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, 
come down against Midian and take the waters before them as far as Beth Barah and the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were summoned and they took the waters as far as Beth Barah and the Jordan. They captured the two leaders of Midian, Oreb and Zeb, and they killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and they killed Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. And they pursued Midian, and they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon from across the Jordan. It all started with 300. 300 had their hearts purely with God. This is a very, very important time for us to lead in our hearts because it shows into the world. 2023 is a time that we have to reclaim. It's an important year. And we have to cut through all this confusion. We have some of the craziest nut jobs out here doing crazy things on social media, doing crazy things to kids. We have ridiculously retarded parents that are going along with it. And yet the bigger movements as all this is happening are things like states passing oaths to Israel. Sorry, but that's part of the distraction to destroy us from within. We have the documents that founded this nation. By the Declaration of Independence, God is above us all. He is the true king. We didn't put a false king. We didn't put another flesh person in a throne. Our founding fathers looked to him, first and foremost. And we were given sovereignty as a nation. As Ben Franklin said, now you have a republic. Good luck keeping it. Well, this is our choice. And things are moving fast, faster than we may like, but that's okay. Because with God, time is irrelevant. It's all in his timing if we lean into him and follow what he needs. But we absolutely need to make some hard choices about where our walk is. And in my opinion, if it's not walking with Jesus, and it's dealing with issues of our loyalty, Sorry, can't give it. And that means I don't have a loyalty to this government because it doesn't walk with Christ anymore. It doesn't walk even with a with the reference of God other than on our Babylonian paper money. We have to literally make the hard decisions now. And not everybody's going to go along. People are going to find it conflicted. They're going to, okay. But this is an all-in or all-out type deal now. And that doesn't sound very loving. But look at it like this. Christ talked about why he spoke in parables. And he spoke to his disciples because as he told them, you will understand this, but they will not. Well, we're all kind of there now. There's just a lot more disciplings and disciples being risen, brought up by God. But we have to make those hard decisions. And where is it that we're going to put our loyalties? Where is it that we're going to put our oaths? Where is it that we're going to put our hearts? And if it's anything other than Jesus, sorry, not on my watch. Let's pray. Father, as we reflect tonight and we start to look back into the biblical histories, the stories that give us great strength and understanding, we're reminded of the power of those that truly commit and unite under you and unite truly in their heart with you. And it wasn't the 32,000. It was only 300. 
And as you knew, because if there were more than that, they would try to claim the victory for themselves, like so many we see now. They would be proclaiming this greatness of make America great again with their own name, not giving it credit to you. Father, we're, we're being challenged deeply because there's a deep conflict that's been rooted well within our scriptures. It's this conflict that people are now facing even with Israel. The Israel of today is not the Israel of yesteryear. The Israel of today now is trying to manipulate laws to make us give an oath to them. I proclaim this openly to you, Father, right now. And if so is the rebuke, then you will let me know. But I have never heard you rebuke this. I will not give an oath to a country that was purchased by one of the most despicable beings, human beings on the face of this earth. Rothschilds. So, our, my oath, if there is any oath, is that in my love and commitment to Christ and to you, Father. So in this time, my prayer tonight, if all that wish to join, is that there is a discernment and understanding that's settled in on the hearts that only you can give, a clarity of emotion, mission forward, a clarity of where we need to be placing our commitments, a dispelling of oaths, a discernment that allows us to see through the deeper corruption behind it, and a settling of the heart to understand that there's no conflict in rejecting the oaths as we put our eyes on you. Guide us in these times, Father. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. How we walk how we act, how we live, how we breathe. That is going to be the defining place for us. Someone said to me once, it's not about who you know, it's whether they remember your name. I thought that was great because you'll hear people like, I know, I know this, I know that. It doesn't matter. Well, what does matter is you're remembered. And not remember, you can remember for your bad things. But when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about being remembered as someone who's there in life, walking and breathing with Jesus. They may not even know you well, but just your presence, the experience of being around you is so profound that you're never forgotten. Even if they don't know you by name, they don't forget you. That's not something of dreams and magic. That's biblical. It's walking with Christ. And in this point in time, that's the only focus. This is a long haul fight to undo this nightmare that they have woven into our lives and continue to do so because they're doing it at high speed. They want us subordinate. They want us divided. And even if our nation divides, we still have to find a way back to unite through the body of Christ. And sadly, that's going to be the hardest part because there's going to be divisions, state lines and unities of states against other states. That's ultimately what is they're trying to orchestrate right now. Because when they talk about the multipolar world, they want the United States broken. They don't want it ever rising again because they want to be allowed to have their own fiefdoms and break up the world and control things and then keep people at odds so they can have perpetual wars. You think it's... You think it's by accident that Kevin McCarthy let it slip out that if he didn't get elected, he was going to vote for a perpetual war? He knows exactly what he's talking about. It's all this deeper agenda of those that are pulling the strings. And all of this will be changed, stopped, transformed back to the way we need to be based on how we walk in our heart with Christ. And that's on each of us to get that clear and really clear. Not be pulled down these rabbit holes and these ridiculous things, but start making the hard decisions in our life about aligning and being stronger within the 300, not the 32,000. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. 
And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel 